Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, folks. It is the one and only V, and we have with us Harley Schlanger, who needs no introduction at this point. You can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com. And with that being said, Harley, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well, certainly better than Joe Biden. <laughs> what a wonderful year to a fabulous, productive, and amazing American uh, administration the likes of which we've never seen, Harley. Truly remarkable. My hat's off to Joe Biden for a wonderful first year. Impeccable. <laughs> well, let's look at the positive side. I think we're now seeing the end of the unipolar era. Oh, yeah. The idea that somehow the deep state globalists are going to continue forever. Uh, was pretty much routed by developments since the Biden-Putin summit. You know, the, the here's an interesting point. It, it does appear as though Biden, on some level, was either briefed by someone or he listened to Putin, but it became clear that if we continue to push the way the uh, errand boy of the, the deep staters, Blinken, is pushing for war, that we're going to get our clock cleaned in, in Ukraine yeah. and we'll be left with a situation where we have to choose whether or not to use nuclear weapons. Correct. And the military is not going to do that in Ukraine. No. So Biden, on a certain level, is, is backtracking, while Blinken and Victoria Nuland and that crowd is, is going whole hog for a confrontation. So then you had Putin and Xi in a discussion. And one of the things they talked about, I'm sure you picked up on this, uh, V, was this whole idea of an alternative financial system. Because one of the threats against Russia, which was even made by Victoria Nuland, is that Russia will be kicked out of the SWIFT system if they do anything in Ukraine. Now, it's clear that Russia and China would rather not have to go to a totally new financial system, but they're not going to stand there waiting for it the being kicked out with no plans. And if you look at the uh, emergence of, of new financial instruments, financial institutions like the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, what the Chinese are doing to uh, cut off some of the speculators from access to currency, uh, they're preparing for what may be inevitable. Now, the question is, is the U.S. prepared for that? Watching the absurd discussion from Powell and others from the Federal Open Market Commission meeting the other day, it's clear they're they have no choice but to either continue with one bankrupt policy or go to another bankrupt policy. 
So I think the one of the lessons, and, and by the way, the, we just had two interviews with former uh, influentials. One is uh, Chaz Freeman, who is a top diplomat for many, many years at the State Department, very well respected, and Graham Fuller, who I think spent 30 years in the CIA. Both of them confirmed this analysis that the era of unilateralism is dead. The United States no longer is the only power in the world. The transatlantic region doesn't possess the capability to, to dictate the rules-based order. And so the only question is, can we work with Russia and China, or will we be left on the outs? Yeah, that is a, a serious contention. But the way these guys are doing it, right, what we are looking like on the international stage, uh, Harley, is we're looking like a bunch of schizophrenics. We have an administration that's backpedaling, but yet, you know, adherence, uh, you know, individuals within the administration, like the expert in warfare, who's been in so many wars and battles, she knows it better than anybody else, uh, Victoria, the mad cookie woman of the Maidan, uh, Newland, and Tony, the tiger, Blinken, they are pushing for war because they're experts in warfare. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it was... Saki and uh, Blinken used to be some sort of a uh, defense uh, consulting company together. Because well, they, were, what was, they were West Exec Partners. Bingo. Which was cashing in on, on the role they played in the Obama administration. Yep. Uh, and they ended up with a, quite a few corporate contacts, uh, typical military industrial complex, um, for what? For their access to the old Obama team. That's how they make their money. That's how the thing works. And so you're absolutely right. They're continuing to act as though the king of the hill and whatever they say goes. But, you know, V, if you saw anything in the, the summit for democracy, what you saw was a farce. You saw these guys up there talking about how there are two different universes, the democracy, the rules-based order, which the United States, the Brits, NATO, versus the League of Autocracy, of authoritarianism, Russia, China, um, several other countries. You know, and, and most of the world looked at that and was laughing. How does someone like Blinken put forward the idea of American leadership when we just lost a war in Afghanistan and we're brutally, spitefully killing the people that remain in Afghanistan by withholding funds? How is that democratic? How are U.S. elections democratic? How is the U.S. media democratic? How is the treatment of people like Lyndon LaRouche and Julian Assange democratic? And people around the world see this, know it, and see the American leadership as a bunch of hypocrites. Yep, exactly. And that's all we are. If people are finally starting to see that the emperor has no clothes whatsoever, Harley. And then on top of all the other stuff that's happening, the economies are breaking down. You know, people are starting finally starting to admit that, hey, we don't have, you know, five or six percent inflation. It's more like, you know, fifteen percent inflation and getting higher. The average American right now is spending four over four thousand dollars a year currently, as of this month, on energy and food costs. Next month, Harley, that could be five thousand or six thousand dollars. Yeah. 
Well, and, and the other thing, you talk about the emperor's new clothes. They're naked, but they have large credit card debt for the clothes they wore last year. You know, the, the, the situation we face is a, an insolvency crisis based on debt. And that's what people are not talking about. The, when Powell and others meet and discuss what they're going to do, they know that they've only been skating by through creating enormous volumes of liquidity that are going, on the one hand, to cover corporate debt on junk bonds that have been issued, on day-to-day uh, -day operating costs, and then secondly, on speculation in wild markets, the derivatives market, and so on. That's where all the money has gone. And all that money that's gone out will show up eventually as new debt, some of it government debt, a lot of it private debt. Now, what, what are they going to do, inflate their way out? There are some people in the uh, financial system who basically are taking the argument, spend it today, you're not going to have to account for it later because we're going to have a collapse of the system and you'll be able to pay it back with new money that's just going to be floating out there. So the idea that they somehow have a plan, their plan is to run things into the ground and then use the Great Reset as a global financial central bankers dictatorship, which will tell you whether you'll have a penny to spend on anything and what you're allowed to spend it on. Yep. Exactly. Very well said. Um, Harley, the recent Turkish economic situation there, they just halted trading, Lira's plummeting. We know that Deutsche Bank is heavily invested in Turkey as well as Commerce Bank. We know that Deutsche Bank has been selling a lot of the, Tur of, of the Turkish bonds and whatnot uh, uh, on the back end on the European stock exchange through various other European banks. This could very well be a contagion that's going to add further calamity to an already volatile situation in Europe as hyperinflation is visiting there as well. Energy costs are going through the roof. Germany and all their, all their brilliance, Harley, has decided to swallow the suicide pill of the Green New Deal. They're shutting down nuclear power plants, eight of which are going down as we speak. What do you think is, is going to play out? The misery that these leaders are visiting upon their own population all so that they can just simply virtue signal is beyond me. Oh, come on, V. We have a new government in Germany now. Oh, that's right. The young people, the, the most diverse ever. Oh, I God, watched yes. the, the new chancellor, Olaf Scholz, give his address, and I've never seen someone more defensive. This was his first address to the Bundestag, and he started out by saying, I know many of you are anxiety-ridden about the inflation question and about what the great transformation is going to mean on energy, but believe me, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure you're safe and secure. Uh, and then he went on to outline it, uh, getting out of nuclear by next, early next year, 2022, pushing up getting out of coal by 2030, which is the nuclear and coal have been the mainstay of Germany's electricity production, getting out of 80% of fossil fuel use. He wasn't quite clear on the date for that, but I think it's 2035, 80%. Now, a top German think tank, energy think tank, said that there's already a 20% gap between what Germany consumes and what it produces. This will grow to 40% with the exit from nuclear 
which means Germany is going to be importing 40% of its electricity from where? Poland. Poland and the Czech Republic, which produce it how? With coal. Coal. So how is that a green policy if, if you really believe in a green policy? Exactly. Well, it, it, it's, just like the, it's just like the scam of carbon trading. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they can go, they, all the car companies, all the industrialists who, all these industries that are, that are polluting on, on fossil fuel, if they go over their carbon limits, they just simply buy from a green company a carbon uh, trading, you know, they, they pay for the carbon credits, and all of a sudden, boom, now they're carbon neutral. Well, the, the carbon trading market is is booming. Oh yeah. But I'm not sure what they're they're actually counting on to back up what they're buying. Nothing. You know, and that's the delusion of the West. There's no. It's yeah. Harley. I I you know I really broke my brain over Western politicians, Western political systems, Western ideology as, as it exists today. And I'm thoroughly convinced that our leaders are the equivalent of teenage boys sitting in a basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. Everything is make-believe. Nothing is real. And they're acting it out. And it's a live-action role-play. And, and unfortunately, we're all involved, unfortunately. Whether we like it or not, they've included us in their LARP, in their live-action role-play, Harley. It's ridiculous. Well, it, it's like pubescent teenagers reading Playboy. You know, they're, they're, they're driven by <laughs> fantasies. Yeah. And you look at what, let me tell you the other thing that Schultz said. Germany will soon have 15 million electric cars. And he said two things about that. Don't worry, we'll figure out how to get the battery chargers to do that. And he said, and secondly, we'll figure out a way to subsidize the costs. Electric cars are expensive. They're not particularly good for the kind of transportation that is needed in a country like Germany. Uh, I mean, it, it's a, a complete fantasy. Then you have it this is. little Twinkie, Annalena Baerbach, who made her name as a trampoline artist and oh, then geez. went to London School of Economics. Well, going she's better than Justin to, Trudeau in that regard. Yeah. And then she goes to international forums and starts threatening Russia and China by saying Germany is going to uh, expand its its air force to have nuclear <laughs> capable bombers. <laughs> now, this is the Green Party that in the 80s was essentially doing everything they could to shut down the defense of Western Europe. And now they're out there threatening to expand NATO and arm the Ukrainians and teach Putin a lesson and we don't need Xi Jinping. And German industrialists are scratching their head and saying, how the hell did we end up with this? Now, one other note on Europe, the European Central Bank Board of Directors had a meeting and they basically said, oh, things are fine. We're going to continue the monetary policy that we have now, which is quantitative easing on steroids. That's how they're going to deal with the Turkish problem that Deutsche Bank and others have. They're just going to give them money, give them uh, an un incredible volume of cash to play with to buy something that will give them a return to paper over the losses they're having. That's what I meant earlier when I said we're dealing with this situation that's insolvency. Liquidity is not the answer to insolvency unless there's a strategy for using that liquidity to invest in something that produces a profit that's a real profit. 
If you don't have that, which they don't have because they've already hollowed out the manufacturing sector, all they're doing is creating more debt and passing it around, ultimately on the backs of the taxpayers and, and the, the government. It's a recipe for complete collapse, and that's where we are. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What else is on your on your radar, Harley? Especially, you know, as we're nearing the close of 2021 as we goose stepped our way through 2021 and god we could only speculate will we will we, we will we be goose stepping through 2022 with real fascism real nazism and real belligerent idiots calling the shots well just keep in mind victoria newland who's now number three at the state department was the leading supporter of the neo-nazis in ukraine when they pulled off the coup and the maidan yes but here's something to think about I don't know if you, you read this, but yesterday there was a by-election in uh, uh, the United Kingdom and the Tories lost a seat in Shropshire, I think it is, for the first time since, I think it's almost 200 years, since 1830, they've held that seat. And, the, and they lost it to the Liberal Democrats who previously had no one in that district. Boris Johnson is nosediving. Uh, Macron is facing an election where uh, the only thing helping him is that there's a big fight between the, the right moderates over whether to, to back uh, uh, Le Pen or this other character. In Italy, you know, in Italy now, it's not enough to have a vaccine to get a vaccine pass. You have to have an antigen test. So you can't even enter Italy at Christmas time without an expensive test to show that you have the antibodies to protect you. So, you know, we're seeing a Europe in full-fledged collapse. And meanwhile, rattling sabers against the Russians. And, you know, it's just worth noting, Putin has been very consistent. He said, we want to discuss this question of Ukraine. It's the West that's being aggressive. It's Ukraine that's being aggressive. And we're trying to defend our nation as you're expanding the, the armory of weapons that are being put right on our border. And Biden said, well, that's reasonable. We'll see if we can set up a meeting. Meanwhile, Blinken and others are saying, no, we're going to give Ukraine more weapons and the Russians have to back down. So, you know, it, again, you, you see the idiocy uh, within the establishment which still thinks it's 1990 and the Soviet Union has collapsed. China is a country that's going to be grateful that we're going to send it some, some industry. Uh, and the rest of the world looks to the United States with starry eyes and great desires. You know, we still have a constitution here in the United States, which is worth defending. Who's going to defend it? Exactly. Exactly right. One could only guess, Harley. One could only guess what the outcome is going to be. I think it's. I, I think we're literally seeing the system breaking down. Um, well, and and V, yeah. just just one other point on this. I don't know if you saw this uh, back and forth between Senator Wicker and uh, Tucker Carlson, but Wicker is the number two Republican on. The oh, Senate that idiot, Roger Wicker, an, another brain trust there, Harley. Yeah, and he said. 
I would not rule out American troops on the ground in Ukraine. We don't rule out first strike, first use nuclear action. He said, we should sit on our ships in the Black Sea and rain bombs down on them. And then later he said, well, I didn't really say we should launch a nuclear strike. I just said, don't take anything off the table. And Tulsi Gabbard, I think, hit, a, hit the nail on the head. She said, this is, a, this is idiocy. Uh, it's, uh, what else did she say? Well, I, I don't even have the whole thing here. Uh, Tucker Carlson was, was, insanity, yeah. Tucker Carlson said, as crazy as the idea of confronting Russia over Ukraine is, don't assume that it's far-fetched that a hot war is possible. It's coming. And you know, the, the Tucker Carlson is saying that uh, I think is important because you know, his, his program is the highest rated program in the evening news. Uh, people are getting the message. They just don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, one other, just one other quote on that. Uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who was brought in as a special assistant to the acting defense secretary at the end of the Trump administration. McGregor said that Washington's political class, referring to Blinken and others, is the land of the stupids for even <laughs> suggesting confrontation with Russia over Ukraine. Yep. And he said, we'll very rapidly be in a situation where we have to rescue a U.S. conventional failure, which could lead to nuclear war. So the word is starting to get out. I, I think you may remember some months ago when you and I were among the only people out there, Helga Zeppelin-Rusch and other, warning of the danger of nuclear war. Now it's beginning to dawn on people that with people like Newland and Blinken and, and uh, Sullivan, it's a real possibility. Harley, if you got time for uh, one quick question, V, sorry to uh, interject real quick, but yeah, no um, just in terms of um, Biden, uh, because in part we know that, you know, he's really not competent. He's really doesn't have the ability to to make decisions like that. Harley, what, what are your concerns in terms of the amount of, of pressure that the military industrial complex will put on this administration for an actual hot war escalation with with Russia? Well, I think it's obvious that that's where it's coming from. It's coming from people who are facing bankruptcy. They're, 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 on the one hand, they, they want a military buildup because they, they make money from it. On the other hand, they, they want to break up the growing alliance that's emerging, which is moving against this financial system, which includes people who rejected the Green New Deal, are rejecting the Great Reset, and still believe in national sovereignty. So they're, they're waving... Uh, an, an empty machine gun at them and saying, you'd better back off or we'll, we'll fill you full of lead. You know, it's like Yosemite Sam. And the rest of the world is looking at this. And I, I don't know exactly Biden's take on it because it's hard to tell whether he has a take. But there are some people, such as uh, William Burns, the uh, uh, CIA director, uh, such as people, as I mentioned, Chaz Freeman and, and Graham Fuller, uh, if people are interested in what they had to say, you can get it at larouchepub.com. Uh, EIR, Executive Intelligence Review, has lengthy interviews with the two of them. And I think they're speaking for a section of senior people, many of whom are former diplomats, uh, ex-military, who are realists in saying, we may not like China and Russia, but they've got us over a barrel now. We've 
We've destroyed our scientific edge. We've lost the technological edge and we're losing our logistics in depth. Who are we to start provoking war? And what, uh, uh, what Chaz Freeman said is, instead of rattling sabers, we should use this as an opportunity to revive our real strength, which is our industrial, scientific, and technological base. So there are people like that out there. Uh, I don't know whether they talked to Biden. I don't know whether if they did talk to Biden, he would get it. Uh, there are some people who say that, well, Biden is, is not as senile as he seems and, and that Putin did reach him. But we'll see. We'll see if he follows through on what he told Putin he would do, namely set up a meeting with the other European heads to discuss backing off this idea of expanding NATO eastward. Yeah. Absolutely. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, and again, folks, you can find him over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the Schiller Institute.com, the Schiller Institute.com. Harley, any final things? No, just uh, look forward to talking next week as we head into the holy time of the year, and we'll, we'll see if there are people who have their heads on straight. Absolutely. Very well said. And with that being said, CJ, take it away.